Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast. It is Friday, uh, Friday the 13th. It is Friday the 13th of August today. And uh, again, wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's grace, God's love, God's goodness, uh, and know that regardless of our superstition or whatever you know fun we have with it, we are held in the embrace of God, and nothing can can nothing is stronger than that. Nothing is stronger than that. So today, my friends, we get to um, uh, read. We are going to follow up based on what our uh, scripture verse was yesterday. So uh, I went through Matthew chapter 19, verse 1 yesterday. We're going to skip one verse, but start with chapter 19, verse 3 today, and go through 12. So Matthew 19, verses 3 to 12, Jesus is going to speak to us on the topic of marriage and divorce today, okay? So let's break open God's Word. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Some Pharisees approached Jesus and tested him, saying, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any cause whatever? He said in reply, Have you not read that from the beginning? The Creator made them male and female and said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother, and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, man must not separate. They said to him, Then why did Moses command that the man give the woman a bill of divorce and dismiss her? He said to them, Because of the hardness of your hearts, Moses allowed you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, unless the marriage is unlawful, and marries another, commits adultery. His disciples said to him, If that is the case of a man with his wife, it is better not to marry. Jesus answered, Not all can accept this word, but only those to whom that is granted. Some are incapable of marriage because they were born so. Some because they were made so by others. Some because they have renounced marriage for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Whoever can accept this ought to accept it. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we know, my friends, that the word gospel means good news. And this can be one of those that it's like, okay, where's the good news in here? Looks like Jesus is, is kind of jousting and talking about a lot of things regarding the law. Oh, but there is good news. We need to know that. So let's, let's break it open a little. Okay, so setting the context Again, Jesus, gosh, he had to be patient, didn't he? Uh, he is being tested. The Pharisees approach him and test him. Now, it's important that you, you listen to their whole question. Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? So usually we just kind of cut it off there. Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? 
but they say for any cause whatever. Now, they're trying to trap him, right? Because they know. If he says no, they're going to say, well, Moses said. Uh, and if he says yes, they're going to say, well, you know, is what God said. And so Jesus doesn't go to the Moses argument right away, even though that's where they want him to go. Because they're asking, uh, uh, for lack I'll use our term today, they're asking a canon law question. But Jesus is not going to joust with them on the basis of canon law. He's not going to joust with them based on the law of Moses. He's going to joust with them through the Spirit of God and what the intention of marriage is. So Jesus doesn't go back to the law of Moses. He goes back to Genesis, right? goes back to Genesis chapter 2 and says, Listen, have you not read? I mean, almost mocking them. Well, of course they've read it. You know, they, they certainly know that. Have you not read? From the beginning, the Creator made them male and female. And, for, and said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Brothers and sisters, that is so good, isn't it? The two shall become one flesh. How do you separate one flesh without extensive blood being shed? How do you separate one flesh without incredible injury uh, or, or hurt or pain or death being involved in that? You can't. You can't. And Jesus is using that scripture to remind them. And even the next verse says so. So they are no longer two but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined in this act of one flesh is not just talking about making love, although he is talking about that, but he's talking about their oneness, their union, uh, not only on a, just a physical level, but on a mystical, spiritual, emotional, mental union. What God has joined together in this way, we must not separate because we cannot do it without pain. So then the Pharisees get to their, to their real question. Well, Moses said it this way. That's, that's where we thought you were going to go, and we were going to argue with you on that level. And he says, listen, Moses only did it because of the hardness of your heart. Moses allowed you to divorce, but from the beginning it was not so. So I say to you, Whoever divorces their wife, unless his marriage, unless the marriage is unlawful and marries another, commits adultery. Now, brothers and sisters, the church, and I, when I say this, I mean the, the Christian church, it takes this seriously. We live in a culture of separation. We talked about it, gosh, was it yesterday, two days ago? That, that the, we live in a, in a, uh, polemic. We live in a divided reality. And our God says that's not the reality that, that he invited us to. It's not the reality he created us for. He created us for union. I mean, again, forgive me. I, 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 only, I only can speak what I know, but I know 
that the, the, the original intent is in the garden, right? Go back to Genesis 2 and 3. That, that we are made for relationship. That, that you know, Adam in, in Genesis chapter 2 is created first. And all the animals are created next uh, to see, you know, who would be a suitable partner for the man. But none proved to be until he makes the woman. This one at last, he says, is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. See the imagery? Hear the imagery? This one at last is the one who is with me at the very, in, in my inner being, in my bones, in my flesh. This is the one. And we are made not only for union and relationship with one another, but we are made for union and relationship with God. Because that we, they walked about uh, in, the, in the garden. I think it says that at the end of chapter 2 of Genesis. And they were naked, but they felt no shame. And, and in Genesis chapter 3, it goes on to talk about how God used to take, you know, he uses this wonderful imagery, that God used to take walks in the afternoon or whatever, in the evening, uh, and they would commune, he would, God would commune with, with Adam and Eve. Um, and, uh, and again, that relationship. But yet sin severed that. There were consequences to that sin and the pain that followed, not only the women in childbirth or the men at labor, but that pain of that separated relationship. Brothers and sisters, if, if the, the Hebrew scriptures teach us anything, and they, and they are so good, and they, and they present God in such a wonderful way, but God uses the, the image of marriage God uses the image of marriage to show his closeness and love for us. That that relationship, and, and, and I would think the reason it's so sacred is because it projects what God looks like um, for us in, in reality. Let me spin that out. We sacraments call that sacrament with a, with a capital S. Um, but we see it all the time. I, 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 one of the things I get to do that I love is I talk to uh, couples and get to go over marriage prep. And one of the last sessions I do with them is say, okay, what's going to change on the day of your wedding that's not in place now? What, what is this marriage all about? What is it for? What is the mission? And then I'll, I'll break it open and say, listen, here's what, what our church teaches and, and usually I'll choose one of them and say, hey, okay, Frank, on your worst day, did God ever say, hey, Frank, I, I'm done with you today. Come back, come back tomorrow, but I, I just can't go any further with you. You've reached the end of the line. I just I can't put up with you for the rest of the day. Uh, you, the choices you've made, the decisions, the, the, the way you're thinking, the way you're behaving, I'm, I'm done. Come back tomorrow and maybe we'll try again, but, but today I'm done. And Frank always says, well, no, that's, that's not what God does. And I say, exactly. That God loves us in the midst of our good decisions and in the midst of our poor decisions. God never leaves us. If there's a leaving taking place, it's on our end. It's not God's end. And that is what marriage is to imitate. It is to imitate the fact that God stays with us always. And if we are called in this mission of marriage to imitate God, our marriage must be forever and not uh, divisible and not something that is for better, but not necessarily worse. That there is an end point to love.
And God says, no, there is no endpoint. And uh, the other question or, or topic that I'll talk about them with is, is that God so loved us, that, that this union, he wanted to be so close to us, that, that Jesus was born. And, and I usually talk to him and say, you know, okay, Loretta, because of Frank's love, um, are you able to be a better uh, daughter, a better uh, sister, a better uh, student, a better friend, a better coworker, a better whatever? And, and undoubtedly, Loretta will always say, or whoever I'm talking to, well, of course, because I feel like his love um, grounds me and, and, and allows me to go forth and, and be whoever God made me to be, you know, I'm saying it in my words now, not necessarily their words, and, and come back and I know that, that I'm grounded here and I'm like, that's it. Is our God, uh, through God's love, through his presence, uh, creates a life within us that, that the love that you give each other um, is, is life-giving not only to each other, but is life-giving to, and I always say, you're the inner ripple. That, that the couple, I said that it's life-giving for you, but that next ripple is your children. It is life-giving for them because they look at you and say, that's what God is like. They'd never say it consciously, very rarely anyway. Oh, God's like Frank or God's like Loretta, but they know love when they see it. And they say, okay, because that's how mommy treats daddy and daddy treats mommy. That must be how God treats me. And, and because that's, um, you know, uh, that daddy, you know, says, I'm sorry, or, or, or and, and mommy forgives, or vice versa, or whatever, that must be what God is like. Or because I feel safe in this love and in this home, that must be what God is like, that I feel safe there. And we project it on, and that next ripple that feels and experiences that life that, that, that uh, marriage gives are those, the children. The next ripple may be um, siblings or, or parents, extended family. That next ripple may be friends. That next ripple may be acquaintances. That next ripple may be coworkers, whatever. But it goes out and it's life-giving, not only for the couple, but it's life-giving for all of us. Because there are days Renee and I need to see Frank and Loretta to remind us of what love and life is. And there are days Frank and Loretta need to see Renee and I. Brothers and sisters, we can use, and I started to say this like eight minutes ago, uh, the Hebrew scriptures, Jesus uses this imagery time and again. Uh, Jesus in the Hebrew scripture, God does, the, the prophets, Hosea, I've talked about Hosea before, uh, that uh, God invites Hosea to marry an unfaithful woman. Some call her a prostitute, Gomer is her name, and she is unfaithful. And, and God says, Hosea, take her back. And so he does. And she's unfaithful again. And God says, take her back. And he does. And she's unfaithful a third time. And God says, take her back. And he does. And he's imaging through, not just, he's prophesying to the Jewish people, not just through Hosea's words, but through his actions, that this is who I am to you. In your unfaithfulness, I am faithful. He uses it in the Song of Songs, right? We talked about that, gosh, had to be about a month ago. Arise, my love, my lovely one, come. Or the woman looking about, have you seen my lover? Have you seen my, my bridegroom? Have you seen my love? And just longing for him. That that's that mystical union of Christ and his church, of God and you. And that's what marriage represents. Jesus, of course, uses the wedding feast at Cana. They have no wine. They have no joy. They've run out of love. They've run out of the essence of your presence. And so he multiplies it. 
abundantly. And, and, and uses that image of, of the love, the inseparable union, the one flesh, as, as that of, of God and the church, of, of you and I. Divorce only divides, and it bleeds, and it's painful, and, it's, uh, and, and, and it leads toward death. And from the beginning, that was God's, not, excuse me, God's intent. It is life. Now, I say all of that, and let me also say this. I could speak about annulments, but really, I don't want to bore you with all that stuff, because that's canon law stuff. But it does come out of this gospel, that one line which says, where Jesus says, I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, and in parentheses, unless the marriage is unlawful and marries another commits adultery, I mean, brothers and sisters, you have to know our whole idea of annulments comes from that verse, that what is lawful and what does that mean? I will say this. If you are a divorced brother or sister listening to this, God loves you. We love you. My friends, and I speak not just to the divorced here, but I speak to all of us, to love and to say yes in marriage is an incredible risk. And it is, I think in my life, in fact, I won't even say I think, in my life it has been the greatest decision I've ever made. Um, Because Renee has taught me more about what love is in reality. I know what it looks like in a book. I know what it looks like in my head. But in reality, Renee has taught me more. And through Renee, our children have taught me more. They have been the greatest seed ground for me in understanding what God's love for me is. And I am so grateful. But, but... It, 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 it was a great risk on my part and a great risk on Renee's part. And there are some that take this great risk and for whatever reason, and there is no judgment in that, that for whatever reason, that risk doesn't work out. Brothers and sisters, I want you to hear right now, you who that took that risk and found yourself in that pain of that separating of that flesh, you are loved and you are good. And you are good. Brothers and sisters, every one of us have risked love in some ways, maybe not such gigantic ways as our divorced brothers and sisters, but in, in many ways, and we have fallen short of the task of what it invited us to, for whatever reason. And, uh, and we need to reach out in love to those men and women who have suffered hurt and pain and, and, and a certain type of death because of the divorce that they experienced. You are loved, and you are good, and you are welcome. That doesn't nullify Jesus' words, but that's a conversation for another time. But I want you to know that you are loved, and you are good, because God wants you to know that. The very heart of who we are, brothers and sisters, is unity in our God. And there are times we live that well. And sometimes we do that in our marriages and we praise and thank God for that. And there are times we struggle and we stumble and we praise and thank God that God is there to lift us up and we are there to lift one another up. We are made for unity. We are made for relationship. Let humanity not separate what God has joined. Let's pray. And so, brothers and sisters, uh, let's end our week, of course, uh, in prayer. Best way to end it. And um, 
we'll uh, finish up the Luminous Mysteries today. So let's uh, just bow our heads and bring whatever is going on in our hearts to God at this moment. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. The fifth luminous mystery, the institution of the Eucharist. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins. Save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. My friends, have a wonderful weekend, and bless you, and, uh, and just be held in the grace and mercy in the arms of our God. God's peace.